Section 7 Healthcare Corruption Chapter 25 The Prostate Cancer Meat Grinder Every cause begins as a movement, becomes a business, and eventually degenerates into a racket. That's Eric Hoffer. Urology's approach to this disease has under, undergone an embarrassing outing. The specialty traditionally recommends that the surgeon draw blood for prostate-specific antigen, PSA. The urologists also insert their finger into the patient's rectum to feel for prostate lumps. If the blood test is high or the surgeon feels nodules, they stick a large needle repeatedly through the rectum into the prostate to get tissue samples. If the biopsies show cancer, urologists recommend perilous surgeries or other alarming therapies. This system has been discredited because it never improved survival rates for early disease. The cancer is present but inactive in most men over 50. Only about 12% of men will be diagnosed with prostate cancer during their lives, and their five-year relative survival rate for this cancer after it is diagnosed is 97.8%. Ignoring it in the early stages produces the same results as treatment, but without the horrific surgical complications. The commonly performed operation, a radical prostatectomy, causes death in 1 in 200. Compromised or ruined sexuality and uncontrollable urination requiring diapers is common, often for the rest of a man's life. Some patients already have metastatic cancer before the surgery. In these cases, it kills the patient even though he has suffered through the grisly procedure and recovery. The PSA test is unreliable. It increases with any irritation of the gland due to factors such as infection or even bicycle riding. Antibiotics or anti-inflammatories are the treatments, not surgery. The vast majority of these tumors grow so slowly that death occurs from something else before the disease becomes an issue. PSA is little help to identify aggressive cancers that would be fatal. Here's a little math. The U.S. PSTF, that's the U.S. Preventative Services Task Force, did a large-scale analysis of the research literature. They concluded that for every 1,000 men aged 55 to 69 who had their PSA checked every one to four years for a decade, it would save one man from prostate cancer. The number needed to test is 1,000 over 10,000 patient years, and who knows how many tests, possibly 50,000. Even if you believe these small numbers are meaningful, the cost-to-benefit ratio is terrible. False positive PSAs lead to biopsies, which have complications just like the true positives. Men with biopsies that show cancer get surgery or other treatments. The harms resulting from these interventions include erectile dysfunction, urinary incontinence, serious cardiovascular events, deep vein thrombosis, pulmonary embolism, and occasionally death. Checking PSA in asymptomatic men produces no improvement in survival. The American Veterans Administration, PIVOT, or PIVOT trial, compared surgery versus observation for localized prostate cancer over 13 years. There was no statistically or clinically significant difference in either all-cause, that's absolute survival, or even disease-specific mortality, that's relative survival. Prostate removal surgery is a net harm. A Scandinavian study looked at 695 men with prostate cancer. They were divided into two groups. 
One had radical prostatectomy surgery and the other, quote, watchful waiting. With the surgery, the men were half as likely to die of the cancer. That's a relative death rate from the cancer. Their overall death rates from all causes, that's absolute death rate, at 5 and 10 years were identical to those who did not have the surgery. Other researchers support these results. By 2013, urologists partially responded to the heckling from the rest of the medical community. Their new guidelines recommended, quote, individualizing this test using, quote, shared decision-making between physicians and patients for ages 55 to 69. This is misguided. Otis Brawley, head of the American Cancer Society until 2018, told the story of an unfortunate patient who was victimized by this system in his book, How We Do Harm, published in 2012. Ralph entered the prostate cancer meat grinder after he had his PSA drawn in a shopping mall at a free cancer screening event. It was 4.3. He had 12 painful biopsies. Two of them showed a moderate-grade cancer in about 15% of each specimen. Ralph read everything he could. He decided on robotic surgery because the advertising said it was, quote, advanced. It left him impotent and incontinent, and he required diapers for the rest of his life. His PSA several months later was 0.9. It would have been zero if the surgeon had entirely removed his prostate. Ralph became obsessed with the idea that he still had cancer. So he went to a radiation oncologist who obligingly treated him with proton beam therapy. When he began seeing blood in his stools later, his surgeons found a fistula, which is a connection between his urethra, urine tube, and his bowel. It was confirmed when he began passing bowel gas from his penis. The surgeons treated him by sewing his colon to the front of his abdomen with a colostomy, which required him to change a bag containing his stool several times a day. They also created a similar passage from his bladder to his belly, a urostomy. He still had both when he died of a severe urinary infection a few years later. He was 72. The urologists, or at least the male ones, do not seem to understand the PSA math. 80% of them, along with half the internal medicine specialists, continue to test their own PSAs. Patients have little chance of understanding any of this if most physicians do not. Like other diseases with expensive treatments, the prostate cancer industry has nonprofit, quote, advocacy associations growing in a dense thicket all around it. These universally promote PSA screening, which starts the cascade of billions of dollars of medical services. One organization, US2, is 90% funded by the pharmaceutical and device companies that profit from this prostate circus. Zero, formerly National Prostate Cancer Coalition, has funding from Amgen, AstraZeneca, Aventus, Cytogen, Merck, Pharmacia, and Pfizer. Kimberly Clark, the maker of Depends Incontinence Diapers, is another donor. Prostate cancer surgery sells a lot of adult diapers for them. Zero and the others claim to be independent, unbiased, grassroots groups that are not beholden to any company. Shared decision-making is an abdication of responsibility. We are losing trust in advisors who cannot advise. Fewer and fewer will shoulder responsibility in this age of lawsuits. 
Other People's Money, a book about finance, explains the issue, quote, A good lawyer manages our problem. A bad lawyer responds to every issue by asking us what we want to do. When ill, we look for a recommended course of action, not a detailed description of our ailments and a list of references to relevant medical texts. The demand for transparency in finance is a symptom of the breakdown of trust. I recommend men pretend they do not have a prostate unless they get symptoms. Disclaimer, I am not a prostate specialist. There may be advantages to these treatments that I did not find. Prostate cancer therapy has common themes with the rest of medicine, however. It is complex and there are conflicts of interest. The treatment studies have large numbers, small differences, and outsized claims. Many men cannot wrap their heads around the idea that they should not allow urologists to mess with their prostate. If you still do not get it, and you think there is merit to in identifying prostate cancer at an early stage, consider magnetic resonance imaging, MRI, and if necessary, laser treatment by a radiologist. These are currently the least invasive test and therapy. If the MRI shows a tumor is likely, an imaging specialist can put a guided sampling needle into suspicious areas. This results in a diagnosis rate of 90% after only one or two sticks. Contrast this with the usual dozen, quote, random biopsies that discover only about half the cancers. You are left sore and in limbo, anticipating a new round of biopsies a year later. Or, if you received a cancer diagnosis, you have to start considering radiation or horrifying ineffective surgery on your most private parts. With MRI guidance, however, a laser can be used accurately to burn tiny spots of cancer. You do not get complications from surgery or radiation that you never have. Only a few centers in the USA offer this expensive but safe and accurate method. These include Desert Medical Imaging, now Halo Diagnostics in Palm Springs, California, and with affiliates nationwide. They also offer non-invasive treatment for benign prostatic hypertrophy using the same technology. Since radical prostatectomy for prostate cancer is a multi-billion dollar surgical industry, these radiologists receive a brutal reception at urological surgery meetings and are not allowed to speak. But the standard approaches are outdated, deforming, require years of care, and the math does not support them. Note well, all of these therapies are doubtful because the radiologists, like the surgeons, treat mostly low-grade prostate cancer, which rarely kills anyone. Since I can do without needles that's stuck in my tender places, I refuse to check my PSA ever again unless I have symptoms. Prostate cancer that is spread or metastasized outside the gland is a different issue. This has been treated effectively and inexpensively using synthetic estrogen for more than 50 years. Some doctors still do this. Bioidentical estradiol is available now and should be used instead of the older estrogen compounds. For many patients, this suppresses the tumor and they feel fine. The PSA should be checked at intervals to be sure. Casodex and Lupron are the patented, expensive, anti-testosterone drugs that are the current standard of care for metastatic prostate cancer treatment. They typically work for about five years and then the cancer comes back. They cause heart disease, Alzheimer's, osteoporosis, and make patients feel terrible. There is speculation that they produce more deaths than they prevent. Recall the Hormone Blockers Ruin Health chapter. This chapter was excerpted from Butchered by Healthcare.